In the right patient, both of those operations can be absolute winners and and they're often operations that friends of the patients can't necessarily tell what's been done and they just think they look Refreshed. like they're, yeah, they've been, been on, on holiday, a holiday or good sleep recently. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. Hey Refam, I'm Kate and welcome back to Keeping It Real the podcast ready for a face-off. We're heading a little further north in our usual operating zone today and explaining what's involved with a whole bunch of face surgeries. We've got the usual heavy hitters like your face and brow lifts, as well as operations you've probably never even thought of. Did you know you can create your own dimples? Anyway, without further ado, let's bring in the experts, Kim and Richard. Welcome. Uh, we've spoken a bit about facelifts in general um, a little while ago, but I think we're going to break it down further just because I saw some things pop up that were so specific that I did not know existed. Um, this isn't one of them, but we'll start with a brow lift. So what exactly does that entail? How is it different to a facelift? Uh, so a brow lift is an operation. There's quite a few different ways of doing it that it's designed to elevate the eyebrows. Um, so as uh, we get older, but also um, genetically, some people just hereditary have low set eyebrows. Um, and so that can cause some hooding of the upper eyelids and cause them to look angry or grumpy a lot of the time, but it can also cause some um, visual field changes. I can't see all that well. Mm-hmm. Um, but but not necessarily unattractive. No, <laughs> not necessarily unattractive. <laughs> I'm not looking too closely at you, Richard. Frowning <laughs> 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 face. Um, but the aesthetics of what makes a beautiful eyebrow has changed so much in and out of time um, in the 80s there was like super thin super arched eyebrows really overplucked um, and so there was some surgeries designed to kind of recreate that where patients would end up with Dr. Spock kind of looking eyebrows and weird crazy things and a relatively famous ex-footballer in Melbourne uh, male had a brow lift in the last few years and just looked weird so mm-hmm. it's an operation that is tricky to make a good result without it looking weird for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, it, it's something that I've done a few of in the past. And I think to try and – if you look in the mirror and you kind of think, mm, are my bro- eyebrows low or too high? If you try and lift them up, you, at most you'd be moving them three, four, five millimetres. Mm. Um, so to do an operation where you're hiding a scar in the hairline, because you generally don't want to put a scar right where the eyebrow is, mm-hmm. um, to then pull up in your hairline while you're trying to lift that, how much do they move? Not much. Yeah, right. So uh, there is an operation where you actually get cut across the top of your head almost like ear to ear to then pull up all of the forehead and another one where the cut if the patient's got a long forehead they can have a cut along the hairline and then basically peel off the forehead and then lift that up as well face off face off face off yeah Um, partially off um i think a really good operation for that and particularly in elderly um with a lot of wrinkles is a direct brow excision so that's excising some skin just above the eyebrow you cut out exactly how much you want to lift it up by they um look good straight away it's adding a scar in an area that you can see uh but 
they don't go through that spocky, super mm. crazy, weird looking, or have a huge operation with pretty much minimal results. Can those incisions kind of be like hidden in with? Yeah, so well, right on the faulty. edge of the, either right on the edge of the eyebrow, or if there's deep forehead creases, mm. right across the middle. Fascinating. What's I think the that's a good operation. The, the, I've got the a the very eyebrow. good friend who. Uh, is in desperate need of it. Yeah, I think it's actually can't good. see. Well, I think the other two because the other way Kim Kim described where they do the do a big cut, like right across the top of the scalp, um, so that you know you can get a and you and then you like dissect underneath the skin all the way down to the eyebrow. Um, the other way people do it, so that gives you a really dramatic effect and massive scar and all those things. The other way people do it is endoscopically, so like keyhole type surgery, um, and that kind of just doesn't give you much of a change. Yeah. So small scar, but you don't it's see still much a of big effect. operation. Like they still got to, yeah. even that small scar tunnel all the way down to the and risk of nerve damage. So. There's yeah. an important nerve that runs mm. through that area. Um, I think eyebrows uh, that they it's actually quite a tricky area and. Um, it's kind of good, I think, at the moment that aesthetic is – it's lower, okay lower, to have yeah, sort bushy. of lower yeah. and a bit bushy. So yeah. um, roll with that. How long do results last typically or does it vary drastically? It varies drastically. D- so and it depends on which technique. Yeah. So if you've had the overdone, the overdone looks overdone for a couple of years before it's like, oh, it kind of looks okay now. And then before it goes bad again. And some people are doing it with those barb sutures and that, that lasts, I think, typically about a week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And, and even then. Sign me up. <laughs> you're, you're swelling longer than they last. Yeah, true. Um, to our last podcast. Um, yeah. Something that actually uh, works for a small amount of change is um, muscle relaxant injections in mm. below the eyebrow. So basically what you're doing is paralyzing the muscle that's pulling the eyebrow down mm. a little bit. Like when you smile, the crow's feet at the side, it mm. relaxes those a little bit and can – you know, really, we're talking a millimetre, um, mm-hmm. lift the eyebrow up a little bit. But for those really hooded ones, it's not going to make For those difference. interested, Dr. Freeman works on a Tuesday. <laughs> Can you still get, um, like, anti-wrinkle injections after you've had a brow lift? Yeah. Yes. The, the problem is if you want anti-wrinkle injections and you've already got a heavy low brow, mm. they will drop it even yeah. more because yeah. they're relaxing if not done your correctly. forehead muscles. Well, that's what we had. Um, we did a podcast the other week with a girl who got um, fox threads, uh, and they were saying, "Oh, like, well, we can just put in um, more, Botan. yeah, anti wrinkle." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, but that would have made your eye drop." And she was like, "Because she's like, oh, they offered that as an alternative." And I was like, "But if that <laughs> that wouldn't have brought up your eyebrow, which is what you wanted," she was like, "Oh, I was like." But mm. they should know that, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. don't have to know that. <laughs> like Dr. Kate knew. Feels like they should know that. Okay, next surgery is dimple surgery. So dimples were um, somewhere along the line, they went from being like a facial deformity to something that was cute and innocent, and now people are making their own dimples. Do you know what happens during a dimpleplasty? I don't. I've got dimples. Okay, Myself. Well, that was perfect. <laughs> anyway, Dr. Taylor. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's uh, a procedure. I've never done it, um, but I know Neither sort I. of the principles behind it. So they take out some fat and then basically try and stitch the, the dermis so they lay underneath the skin to a deeper plane. So it's done through um, from inside the mouth. Um, and it can be done at the same time as um, buckle fat pad removal. So people that have sort of like chipmunky 
cheeks a little bit, so to hollow those out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So people get that, they go yeah. and get that. How do you hollow yeah. it out? You make a little cut inside the um, mucosa, inside the cheek, and mm. the fat almost kind of bulges out <gasps> anyway. Um, I haven't done that operation either, but I know how that fat responds because we've done, we cut out um, tumours and things like that. Yeah, right. Wow. Wow. I did not know that that was a thing that people did. We can do it in the office, Kate. I'm all good, actually. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> um, any kind of mouth surgery, obviously, is tough because of the eating part. So are there any kind of complications from doing kind of un- unnecessary surgery like that in that area? I reckon it would be really hard to get it neat and even and like in the perfect spot. I want my dimple right here. Oh, yeah. It's actually a few. Mm. It's different on the two different sides and – it's like it hurt when you smiled as well afterwards. <laughs> Kate's practicing on her face where she's yeah. going to get her dimple made. Because there are videos of it um, that you can look up. Oh, great. We'll, we'll yeah, I reckon yeah. you would probably be better check at it out. We'll check it out. Kate will be better at that surgery than we would. Can that be reversed if you know dimples suddenly fall out of fashion? Yeah, no, I think it would be pretty easy. All, all you're doing is creating – some scar tissue between the skin and the mucosa, which creates the indentation. So to release it, like you just make a little cut on the inside of the mouth, free the skin off the like mucosa, and it would it would like I mean maybe put a fat bit of fat 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 in. It it would probably just release. So um, does that mean it would last forever unless you did the mucosa? Probably cut. Yeah. If it healed, okay. It would. Um, all right. Uh, a lip lift. Mm. What is a lip lift and is it mm. different to a lip flip slash lip filler? Definitely different to um, lip filler, um, but probably aimed to get a similar outcome. So and, and a, they're, they're, the three of them are probably a little bit different. So a lip flip you are just trying to roll a little bit more mucosa so there's more mucosa visible. Um, A lip lift, you're actually trying to shorten the distance between the nose and the lip. So you cut some skin out from sort of around the opening of the nose. So scar around the sort of uh, base of the nose. And then lip filler obviously is completely different. But trying to cause do the same thing as the lip flip. And who would be good for for a lip lift? Like what – I'm just trying to imagine what problem they would be yeah, trying to Yeah, so fix. there's just some people who've got a lot of skin between their their um, nose, the bottom of their nose, and the mucosa, the red part as of their lip. As in a lot of space? Or yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just looks too long. And it is something that as we get older and everything heads south with mm-hmm. gravity, that it, it is an ageing thing. So right. it, it can get longer uh-huh. the older you get. Like your nose. Terrible. And your earlobes. Everything. Everything. And they can all be shortened and lifted as yeah. well. Uh, is it is a lip lift permanent? Because obviously lip uh, flip and lip filler isn't. Yes, permanent a lip lift if you're having surgery and cutting the skin. It'll, like all the other procedures we do, it'll turn back time but not stop time. Mm. Right. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a really nice. good sentence. Oh, Great I sentence. use it like 10 times a day. Oh, <laughs> bring it into the <laughs> recording <Yeah>. studio. <laughs> Turn back time, not stop time. That's great. Yeah. Love it. Um, what's recovery like for a lip lift? Oh, it'd be very straightforward. Um, it probably wouldn't be performed 
an isolation. It would be, I would imagine, be rarely performed in isolation, but possibly performed with you know, a brow lift or a facelift as well. Yeah, right. But I mean, you, you could do it on its own. Yeah, you could do it on the local and sex. Like, I mean, when you get your dimple surgery done. Yeah, same time. Uh, no, yeah, it'd be yeah. very straightforward recovery. Gotcha. Okay. Skin on the face heals quickly. Yeah, right. And leaves Good blood supply. Yeah, it leaves a really minimal amount of scarring. Oh, okay. Yeah, because my friend, I remember, um, dark, but she got hit by a motorbike and she like cut open her head. Yeah. And you like couldn't tell that. Yeah. Like she's got like the faintest, faintest scar. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, they heal much quicker than mm. that. On the yeah. Body. The next surgery, um, in the upper area is a neck lift. So what exactly does a mm. neck lift entail? Uh, it would be uncommon to perform a neck lift on its own. It was mm-hmm. often done with a um facelift or lower facelift. Do you even think you can do it effectively if you're just doing neck? Like through a facelift type incision? No. I, I, like, I, I <laughs> like is that a trick? Yeah. No, I don't. I, I, I was don't just thinking about can. that. So yeah, I think the then the neck and the lower part of the face is a continuum of skin yeah. over the mandible, and so if someone's sure. got um, <laughs> if someone's got jowls or droopiness um, on you know this along the line of their jaw, then usually they would have some droopiness in their neck as well, um, and particularly in the middle. Um, they again for very elderly people with lots and lots of loose skin. You can directly cut the skin out at mm. the front of the neck, but Good operation. the the aesthetic way to do it that when you'd normally be talking about a neck lift and a facelift is making a cut in front of that ear mm-hmm. and then around the bottom of the earlobe and then up behind the ear and into the hairline. There. But if you just think about it logically, the vector, which is the direction that you're pulling, yeah, which is sort of like on a forty five degree angle. Visually makes sense to people. Um, you're you're going to be altering the at, le- v- at the very least the lower face, which is essentially what you're doing in a facelift. So it's sort of yeah, there's it won't continue. So I mean, some people try and do a, a neck lift and and just do the incision sort of behind the ear, but you sort of you're not pu- you're sort of pulling you in a horizontal a in front of direction. And you need to be pulling sort of more 45 oh. degrees. So it's going to impact the, the lower face. So I, I almost I, – like I think doing a neck lift in isolation is if you're pulling sort of backwards, like the ponytail so-called lift, um, it, it, it's yeah. it's just not going to be effective. Yeah. When I used to do that operation, I'd always call it lower face yeah, neck always, lift. Yeah, always, always. Like, so who would, who would want a neck lift? Is it like people – like older people with a lot of excess skin yeah, or yeah. – yeah, or where you've got a little bit of that turkey gobbler in the middle. Oh, right. Okay. And so. But, but some, as Kim just talked about, a, a direct neck lift, which is where you cut skin out in the midline. Um, I, I, like, I don't infrequently see, particularly weight loss patients, where the rest of their face looks actually fine. They don't have any jowling, nasolabial folds. The rest of their face looks great. So to do a facelift, like you're going to actually distort everything. And so I, I talked to them about doing a direct neck lift where you've got a scar sort of going from your chin down to um, sort of your, your neck. Um, and the scar usually heals very, very well. And I, I'm a big fan of cutting skin out where the excess actually is. So, you know, tummies, uh, thighs, all of those areas. So the neck is no, no different, like cutting the skin out where the excess is. Okay, and less tension. And people do that healing. because the 
the skull would be because I'm just thinking about it. So, mm. so their neck, Gang sort of their chin, mm-hmm. instead of having a nice contour mm-hmm. and sort of following the jawline, um, it's more of a sort of a an, uh, like a triangle going from Joint. their chin directly down uh, to their sternum. Oh, okay, I know exactly so what you mean. Yeah. Does that yeah, make yeah, sense? Yeah, okay. So having a scar there is, again, it's, it's always a compromise when you're adding yeah, a right. scar, that, which is worse, mm. that they're really a whole lot of loose extra skin or yeah. having a scar there. Because a, a face and neck lift is, is actually pretty major surgery. There's lots of really, really important structures in the neck mm. um, and lower part of the face. It, it is a procedure that... Um, can be fraught with complications. Again, scarring um, if the scar is not put in the perfect location. Um, I've sat behind people on the tram or the aeroplane or something. You can you can see the scar if it's done poorly, mm-hmm. um, and the earlobes can be stretched down and uh, we call those pixie ears. Like if the instead of a nice curve at the bottom of your earlobe, it's been Spock pulled ears. pulled down. No spots at the top. <laughs> but, the no, but his, although I think the lower part also just joins. Pixies straight in. have that too. <laughs> <laughs> How long uh, do results last? Turns back time, but doesn't stop. Oh, it. <laughs> perfect! Yeah, oh, that is bang. Cool. You should say that more often. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I lunch honestly time. think. Um, Can I have lunch? No, turns back. <laughs> um, I honestly think a facelift patient um, and neck lift, they look. The best they're ever going to look at about three weeks post surgery because they're still they're tight. They're still got a bit of swelling, um, and then it's not a rapid downhill from that, but um, it's a big bang for less uh, yeah, right. less result. I think um, they certainly can, can look refreshed, but um, you know time still catches up. Yeah, and it just it seems like such an intrusive surgery, and to think that you're probably like. In bandages and stuff for so much of that for it to be third week. <laughs> well, I think we've t- we've talked about this quite a number of times about a facelift, about you know, not trying to necessarily hit it out of the park uh, and cause someone to look really weird for sort of four or five years and then you know have their body catch up with them. Um, I think there needs to be a, a also a. A, a face to hand ratio. Um, so sometimes you know people have a facelift and their their skin on their face is really tight and pulled up, right. and they've got like really winkly, crepey hands. So um, some people do do hand rejuvenation. Fat grafting. Yeah, some people oh. do who do hand. Oh, so like injecting rather yeah. than taking yeah. on. And even cutting skin out on the sides to tighten the skin on the hands. Because if you if you look at someone that's quite elderly, look at their hands. Like you can pretty much <laughs> you can see all the bones and the veins to yeah, get more. Um, and often the sun damage is really obvious on the face and the hands as well. So some laser treatments, but and yeah, you know, fat grafting. And I think people cut skin out on the sort of. The I've never seen that. Ever. Yeah, but cut yeah, skin yeah, out. Like on the you can see why. And why? Mm. Yeah, you could. We haven't. God, just you just kind of worms the case, don't you? God, like, when does it end? Case, like, how could you imagine ever having a facelift with her unbelievably beautiful, <laughs> youthful face? And I'm kind of thinking, yeah, well, you know, any other face surgeries you want to talk about? We talked about facelifts a lot, like yeah. a I don't think we talk about blepharoplasty all that much. I think blepharoplasty is a great operation. Yeah, can we? Could you? Okay. What is a blepharoplasty? Okay, so you talk about it a lot, and I'm always saying, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> so blepharoplasty is is 
eyelid surgery. Oh, so okay. Upper eye, it can be upper eyelid or lower eyelid. Mm-hmm. And another one, you know, like a legacy from the 1970s where people used to um, really aggressively cut out – it's usually a skin problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people used to aggressively remove fat from under the skin, oh. sort of within the orbit, and they mm-hmm. used to get these really hollowed out, skeletonized looking people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, you know, everyone I think should have a visual image of someone they maybe know from that era who's had that done. But <clears throat> if done properly, it's a really rejuvenating procedure with a really, really inconspicuous scar um, that just gives a really nice, subtle, refreshed look um, with, um, you know, you know, very, very minimal downtime, very, very minimal risk. So there's sort of, sort of is this – Is it lower lid? Yep. Like so is that if they have like yep. droopy skin or if it's like no, really puffy? No, a little bit of both. So you can okay. have sort of a bit of puffiness, uh-huh. which is a, a bit of a fat bulge. So the lower lid is way more complicated. Yeah, I was say, okay. It's the one where you can – cause the pulling down. So you sort of do need to be a little bit conservative there and sometimes you need to do like other things. So sometimes you do need to take some fat out and in that circumstance I'll often remove it from from inside the eyelid So Mm -hmm. because the fat is actually on the deep surface so you can sort of pull it out from there and then just do a skin tightening and and leave all the supportive structures of the eyelid. Okay. But sometimes so the scar would be inside as well. No, yes, it's on the, or oh. well, both. But also on the very edge, of yeah. underneath the eyelashes. Oh, okay. Well, I think line. it it doesn't. I think it heals so well that it can actually be a little bit lower, and then you have less risk of pulling the eyelid down, which mm-hmm. is called ectropion. Um, but sometimes, and and we do what's called a snap test, where you sort of pull the eyelid off the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then release it and see how how it comes back. So, some people who um, older people, there's no uh, snapback. So the like you pull that out and then the eyelid sort of doesn't go back right. down. And then in them, you've got to do what's called a canthopexy or a canthoplasty, where you actually tighten the lower eyelid. So the lower eyelid can be way more complicated. Okay. The upper eyelid is usually fairly straightforward. There are other conditions which we don't so much treat which is droopiness of the eyelid, which is not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's a, a different operation, although it can coexist with um, lax skin as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the right patient, both of those operations um, can be absolute winners and and they're often operations that um, friends of the patients can't necessarily tell what's been done and they just think they look – Refreshed. Like the, yeah, they've been, been on, on a holiday, holiday or good sleep recently. Yeah, yeah. Right. honestly, that that's what. Yeah, often that's so is. interesting. Mm. You wouldn't, I guess. My main takeaway from this is that it's fine to do stuff to your face because the scars okay. Because yeah. like, you, if you said to me like, you're yeah, well, have if you do it well, eyelid, I was like, oh yeah, that no, eyelid no, no, scars. Never see it. Never see it because it's in the crease. So when your eyes are open, mm. that scar's hidden because. Uh, it's like a Roman blind where, you know, it's like the folds of the skin and the, the crease is sitting in one of the folds. And when and you blink, it's only for yeah, milliseconds. Yeah. No <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Watch Richard's eyelids like really closely when he blinks yeah. to see he's got a scar. If you liked this episode of Keeping It Real, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
And while you're there, why don't you have a flick through our past episodes? We'd love to hear your requests for future topics. So send your suggestions through to us on IG at Replastic Surgery. That's all for today. And we'll catch you next time for another peek into the world of plastic surgery.